0: Welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host Stevie Tpfl. It's Tuesday. It's August 18th. It's 2020, and we have 11 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by my good buddy Alan Lem. You guys might know him um, in the RG streets as Fat Albert. Um, how's it going, man?
1: It's been going well. How you doing?
0: Doing good, man. You got. You got uh, all kinds of stuff going on right now. I'm I'm sure you're busy with NBA and baseball going on, so appreciate you joining me, and uh, let's break down this slate. Let's go for it. Uh, Like I said, 11 games. uh, Pitching's kind of interesting on the slate. Um, You know, we we have some options, but, you know, it's it's kind of like a mix. Uh, We have some really strong options and some guys that, like, are questionable. So um, it'd be interesting. But, hey, listen. I am making money with stripling right now, so I'm not gonna complain about pitching too much uh because it's it's twenty twenty and it's year it's it's the year of the bats. Um that's for sure. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean uh stripling's just getting blown up. We have the uh Seeger brothers narrative going against each other right now. They've combined for like five RBIs in the first couple of innings, so it's uh 2020.
0: It is. Let's get into Eleven games. Um we get started here. Uh, With the Rays and the Yankees, Blake Snell, Mashahiro Tanaka, um, any interest here in in Blake Snell? You know, I think with
1: Snell, this is going to be his fifth start of the season. We've seen his pitch count really ramp up uh, really slowly. Uh, I think we've seen it go from 46 to 53 to 59, and then his last start he went up to 70 pitches. So I'm expecting something in the 75 to 80 pitch range if things go well. Um, You know, if we – kind of take a look at this slate from a macro level. You know, we've got a couple of aces we can choose from. And I think Snell kind of falls behind some of them because of his pitch count worries. Um, so for me, you know, a combination of uh, potential pitch count issues and as well as matchup with the Yankees, uh, it, I think I would reserve him for GPPs only.
0: Yeah, so, like, before his last start, like, he said he's going five. So, like, you know, five innings, like, he was at 70 pitches. He pitched really well against Boston. Um, but if, like, five innings is, like, his limit and we don't hear anything, it's really tough to pay 9500 for him when we have options in this range. Um, if if we do get news that, like, 95 is the pitch, like, the Yankees lineup is a little weak right now. A lot of injuries. Um, so, a lot of strikeouts against left-handed pitching. If we get news, I don't mind, you know, rolling the dice on Blake Snell. Uh, Tanaka on the other side of this game, uh, any interest in him?
1: Uh, I think he's a, he's a pass for me. He's also coming back from an injury. He had a concussion in, in spring training, so his pitch counts have actually been even lower than Snell's. Um, he's had three starts. His pitch counts have been 51, 59, and then 66 in his last start. So I'm thinking probably closer to maybe 70, 80 pitches here is a, a reasonable expectation. Uh, So with that in mind, like probably he's going to be a pass for me and I just want to see him stay healthy and kind of ramp up uh, his pitch count before I kind of go back to the well with him.
0: Yeah, like that's kind of where I'm at on Tanaka. Like I feel like it was more he just pitched terrible against Atlanta last time out Um, was just all over the place, Um, you know, couldn't find command. So I could see him going like five innings, but again, like, I still think it's kind of risky. Um, they're going to throw a lot of lefties at him here and like it is Yankee stadium. So uh, that's always worrisome. Let's talk bats here. Uh, any interest in Tampa?
1: Tampa. I think uh, even though it's not not going to go super you know, deep in this game. I, I think for me, I, I don't have a huge interest in the, in a stack. I think uh, for me, it's going to be, you know, Brandon Lowe has been on fire this season. He's got six home runs in the month of August and he'll hold the platoon advantage over Tanaka. So I don't mind him as a one-off. Uh, I think Austin Meadows leading off is also interesting. He'll also hold, hold the platoon advantage. But uh, you know, overall, I don't, I don't think I'm in love with the race stack. I'm, I'm not a fan of the bottom of the order. It's not a lot of power. So you're kind of hoping more for you know, um, sustained rallies and sort of uh, near the top of the order. Uh, so I think for me, it's really just Meadows and Lowe.
0: Yeah, like, I think, like, if you want to do, like, a three-man with Choi or Wendell um, or Yoshi, like, there's options here that you can play against Tanaka. Um, Choi's, like, 3,300. He's super cheap. So, like, if you want to make it, like, a three-man and get the cheap bat in there, Wendell's under 4K. Um, Yoshi's, like, 2,400 in outfield. So, like, if he draws a decent lineup spot... Um, he's always a guy that I like and, you know, double digit fantasy points in three of the last four games. So, um, and Yankee stadium, that, that porch in right field. So, uh, don't mind some of these, uh, Tampa bats now, New York on the other side, like the, this lineup is kind of banged up and, you know, we're not getting really a discount on the guys that you want to play. Like, you know, Voit is over 4,500, um, Torres, Ursula, Sanchez, like all these guys are all over 4,500 seeing Snell for probably two at bats. Like I'm probably going to pass on Tampa here or Yankees. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you too. I, I think uh, we will see depressed ownership on them. I, you know, their implied run totals only at 3.9 at the time of this recording. So that's one of the lower ones on the slate. And just to put that in perspective, we have the pirates at 3.6. So they're almost on pace with, uh, you know, with the pirates implied run total. So I think you'll see low ownership. You know, they've got, like you said, they got dealing with injuries. Stan and, and Judge and LeMahieu all in the IL, so we're going to see this watered down lineup. Um, I'm going to keep an eye on the projected ownership. You know, I want to see what um, what the lineup looks like too. You know, Voight, uh Frazier, Sanchez, Torres, and Ursula I mean, they've got power, so it's not like they can't do damage against uh, Snell in, in a couple of at bats. But, but I'm agree with you. I think for now. I'm probably not super high on the Yankees, but uh if ownership is low, I, I might roll a couple of stacks.
0: Indians and pirates, Carlos Carrasco against Jonathan Brubaker. Um, listen, Brubaker from the movie summer catch, one of my favorite characters of a baseball movie. Um, But listen, uh, let's talk pitching here because he's not a catcher in this, um, this aspect. So, um, let's talk Carrasco first. Like, I feel like he's the guy you're paying up for on the slate. You know, when we're looking at the pirates, they're last in Woba. They're last in a lot of categories, WRC plus. Um, they're just, they're really struggling against right-handed pitching this season.
1: Yeah. I think the the SP one conversation comes down to Carrasco or you Darvish. And, um, I would say that Darvish comes in with a better form. I mean, Carrasco has been, Dealing with some walk issues. He's had nine walks in the last two starts. But to your point, Carrasco's matchup is much easier against the Pirates, whereas Darvish has to face the, uh, the, the Cardinals. So um, I, think, I think if I had to choose right now, Carrasco would be my SP1. Um, but yeah, this Pirates lineup just isn't very imposing.
0: Brew Baker on the other side of this game. Like he did not look great in his first start. Kind of just filling in for Joe Musgrove. Like the twins beat him up a little bit. I will say like the Indians have been a team that is definitely underperformed this season as far as like the talent on the team. But I just, I don't expect him to go deep. And like, it's just not a spot that I I, I see myself targeting.
1: Yeah. He's a a X button for me. He only threw 52 pitches in his last start. So it's unlikely he's going to be stretched out here. You um, just a, some background on him. He's, you know, top 25 prospect in the pirates organization, but he's 26 years old. He spent two years in AAA, uh, the last two years in AAA. So it's not like he's highly touted. Uh, so for me, uh, I, I think he's getting the X button.
0: Uh, let's talk bats here. Anything standing out to you for Cleveland?
1: Uh, so we have to watch for Franville Reyes I mean, he left uh, his last game early with a hand contusion, but I think the x-rays came back negative. So if he's back in the lineup, um, he's going to be a strong play. He leads the, uh, the team in ISO against right-handed pitching and, and Brubaker is a, is a righty. So, uh, I love, I love Reyes in this spot. Um, all five of his homers this year have been against right-handed pitchers. Um, last year, 30 of his 37 homers were against right-handed pitching. So he's definitely shown signs of being a reverse splits hitter. Um, and then, obviously, if if I'm going to have some raise exposure, I would want to you know make make it a stack with Lindor and Jose Ramirez and Carlos Santana, who who have all mashed right-handed pitching um, historically. So I, I know that Lindor and Ramirez are on the expensive side, but I think this slate with no course uh, on the main slate, you know, we we can afford to you know pay up a little bit.
0: Yeah. So here's the thing, right? Like when we're looking. We have a very small sample size, but, like, this kid so far has, like, pounded sinkers and sliders to lefties. Jose Ramirez, Lindor, Santana, they crush sinkers. Um Really low whiff rates. They hit the ball really hard against sinkers. So, like, if this is what he's going to try to come out and do, like, those three guys with Reyes are super interesting. Now, I will say, like, Carlos Santana has really struggled against uh, sliders from righties, but, like, overall, I think this is a good little, like, three- or four-man stack. Um you know, it's not like the Pirates bullpen is anything to be scared of. So, um, I kind of, kind of like it. I don't love it, but I like the, I like the pitch data here uh, for some of these guys. And then on the Pittsburgh side, like I'm gonna pass. Um, I'm gonna trust Carrasco to go out and do his thing here. Um, like, if you're not playing Carrasco and you want a one off like Josh Bell, I get it.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Like, it's one of those things where if you're maybe playing like 150 lineups, then maybe you play a couple Pittsburgh a hedge stacks against Carrasco is going to be popular, but otherwise there's no reason to, to really um, test him.
0: All right, moving on. We got the nationals and the Braves, Austin Vloth against Josh Tomlin. I'm guessing Tomlin is going to be like an opener here. Um, not going to pitch too deep and it's going to be um, Nona. Let's talk uh, Austin Voth first. Any interest in him?
1: Uh, he's interesting. You know, I think he's, been someone who has shown some strikeout upside in both the minor leagues um and in the major leagues so in the last year in triple a over a strikeout per inning uh and then in, in the majors he's averaging about a strikeout per inning too so it's it's interesting um you know the initially i thought you know the matchup against the braves is not ideal but the braves quietly have the, the fourth highest strikeout rate against right-handed pitching this year and i know again it's small samples but uh they haven't looked great uh ronald Cunha is not in the lineup I mean, we just saw eliza Hernandez. Uh, Strike out nine Braves on Sunday, so I I don't think Voth is maybe the craziest GPP play, but again I um, I think he has more strikeout upside than maybe initially meets the eye. But otherwise, you know I probably wouldn't go too crazy with my exposure.
0: Yeah, so like uh, obviously, like yeah, they're in the in the top five in strikeouts, but they're also like top five in WRC plus Woba. Like again, Acuna and Albie's definitely help uh, those numbers, but like. It's hard to trust a young pitcher against the Braves. Um, especially in Atlanta. It's gonna be hot. Um, like, you know, I I, I get the reason like Alan, like if this dude's sixty three hundred, I'm I'm talking with you. Like I hear you, but like eighty three hundred on a slate where there's so many guys in this range, um, that have upside too, like, I don't know. Um, like it's it's tough. Uh there's a guy that I really like um in one of the games that's coming up that could easily get blown up too, but, you know, is right around the same price. So we'll talk about him when we get there. Uh, going to the other side here, like, this whole, like, opening, come in, pitch thing, like, it's just not for me. Like, I don't ever attack the situation. Like, we attacked it a little bit with the Rays last year and the year before because the pitchers that were coming in were going to go five, six innings. But, like, I- I'm just not touching the situation here.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting because if you, if you look at Tomlin's numbers – yeah he's been like elite this year it's only been eleven innings granted it's only eleven innings, but hes struck out sixteen batters no homers, which is uh odd for him, considering he's historically been someone with uh home run issues but they've been using him like you said as a reliever uh he hasn't thrown more than thirty eight pitches in any outing this year, so definitely expecting him to be a uh, an opener or you know maybe even go two innings um maybe see that but again he's 35 years old and it's not like he's turned a corner or anything I I think he I think the home run issues are eventually going to come back um so yeah he's definitely a cross off um but I I want to point that out because I don't want people to think oh Josh Hellman has been great this year so I want to avoid the the Nats bats I think I think the Nats are actually uh, in a good spot um once they start getting to the bullpen
0: Yeah. Like nona has been terrible. Um, so like he's struggling to both sides. He has zero strikeout upside. So like, I love the Nats stack here. Like I think they're really strong. You know, I think Soto is one of the top overall plays on the entire slate. Um, so like he's super interesting. I've been fading Adam Eaton, like every slate it feels like, but like if he bats second at three K here, like, all right, I'm in. Um, so what are your thoughts here on Washington?
1: I agree that, uh, Eaton at 3K on DraftKings is probably too cheap, just given his lineup spot. Um, Luis Garcia, I think, is only 2,300, um, and he hit a home run uh, on on Monday. So those are those are options to open up a ton of salary. I know from a from a, um, a DraftKings perspective, I was toying around with lineups today. Um, you know, like playing around with even a uh, Carlos Carrasco and you know. You Darvish type of lineup, or we'll talk about Luis Castillo later, but like playing with a Carrasco Castillo lineup. And it's kind of doable if you are willing to play guys like Adam Eaton, Luis Garcia. And then there's another guy on the other side, uh, you know, Travis Darno. It's only 3K uh, against Austin Bath. So they're there salary savers in this game, especially on DraftKings, if you want to try and pay up for uh, double studs.
0: Yeah, like, there's a ton of s- salary plays on this slate, that's for sure. And, you know, you mentioned Darnot, um, you know, who's been hitting right in the middle, um, right in the sweet spot of this lineup. And, again, I'm not afraid to play the Braves here. Um, you know, young pitcher, hot in Atlanta. Like, we saw this game go kind of crazy um, on Monday. Don't be shocked if it does it again here.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think uh, I do like the Nats side a little bit more, uh, even though Vegas has the Braves – with the higher implied team total. But, you know, I think a game stack is totally fine here. Uh, Both pitchers are probably a little bit vulnerable, but I I think for me, the Nats seem a little uh, at four, four point eight implied runs. It seems a little low to me, but we'll see. Maybe Josh Tomlin can stifle them for a
0: couple of innings. All right, moving on Um, Mets and Marlins, David Peterson against um, Humberto Mejia. Like, All right, so I was not expecting the um, Marlins to open up that back area, um, and we saw the Mets go insane. Uh, We'll have to see, like, if we get any news on that. Like, we got news way before lock, so we were able to kind of look at it. And, Alan, a a sack against Yamamoto, like, every time, and, like, I I feel terrible for not stacking against them this time, but it is what it is. Um, What's your thoughts here on David Peterson?
1: Yeah, you know, Peterson, again, he's – one of these weird cases where, like, I look at his minor league numbers and I'm not impressed, and he skipped triple A. Um, but for somehow, like, some reason, he's he just gets by, like, he, he's he been solid so far. Uh, he's had four starts, um, he's been serviceable. Uh, he did strike out more than a batter per inning in double in A last year, so his not minor league numbers are, are somewhat solid. But again, I, I I kind of feel like I'm not sold on Peterson, and maybe it's just this idea that he again he skipped a whole level and i feel like the mets are sort of using him out of necessity um but again people are probably going to see the matchup against miami and will want to attack them um i, I just don't know if i'm one of those people that can play peterson
0: yeah like he really hasn't shown any like i know you you mentioned the strikeout stuff last sitting or a lot in double a um but like that hasn't translated whatsoever um to the majors like 10 percent swinging strike rate um, like here, here's my biggest issue with him, right? Um, his XFIP and Sierra are almost two points higher than his ERA. This dude is allowing, like, he has 6.5% soft contact. Like everything coming off the bat is either medium or hard. Um, he's on the right side of Babbitt right now. He's walking 9% of guys. Like if he was a guy that could show me some strikeout stuff, like this Marlins lineup, looking at the data, They struggle big time against lefties. And, like, for that reason, I have a little bit of interest in him. Um, But, like, overall, like, I feel like he's someone that could really regress um, giving up a lot of hard contact and a lot of fly balls to righties. And they're going to throw probably nine righties at him here. So, I I, I could understand why someone would play him here. Um, Like, I I do think he's better than Austin Voth on the other. Like, (laughs) but, like not if that like back area is open um the ball was flying in that game so um and then on the other side Humberto um he, uh, like I'm gonna pass on this guy like he did throw 67 pitches out of the bullpen um against this team uh two weeks ago a week and a half ago like I know he's 5k but um it's a it's an easy pass
1: yeah I agree I mean he did strike out six batters in his uh debut he only pitched two and a thirds inning, so somewhat impressive. And the Marlins do like him. They protected him uh, in their Rule 5 draft, so they, they do see him as a potential
0: starter in the future. But, yeah, I don't think there's any reason to play him here against the Mets. I just don't think he'll go deep enough. Like, could he get out there and get on a roll? Sure. Like, I don't know. This is a guy that played double or single A. Like, high A ball last season. Like, uh, I just – I can't do it. Like, he's going to throw – I think I, I read, like, he threw 60-something percent fastballs. Like, the Mets have good hitters. Like, you know, they're not great, but they have good hitters. Like, Alonzo Conforto, Cano's back, um, McNeil, Nimmo. Like, they have enough bats in this lineup that, like, it scares me off of a guy that's just not going to pitch deep here. So, um, I actually kind of like the Mets, but I want to see, like, the whole roof situation first.
1: Yeah, I, I'm honestly interested in both sides of the offense than either pitcher here. Like the the Mets stack you said, it's it's uh, they're going to hold a platoon advantage against him. Uh, Dom Smith is hitting well. Cano hit another home run today. He's, he's seeing the ball well. And, you know, on the other side for the Marlins, again, like they're going to be 5% owned. Um, Peterson, I, I agree with you. He's going to – I think he's going to eventually regress. And, you know, we can probably see a top of the order stack of all right-handers, you know, like Jonathan Villar, Jesus Aguiar. Um, Brian Anderson maybe Cervelli and and Logan Forsythe at the top so again nothing nothing too scary but I I think I would rather play a five percent on Marlins stack than a five percent on Peterson or 10 percent on Peterson
0: um yeah I I get it I just I, I man like you look up and down this lineup for the Marlins and like they've just struggled so much in the past against lefties but like Sarah gives you some upside. Um, Aguilar gives you some upside. Like, I, I completely get it. Like, I don't want to sidetrack, but Fernando Tatis Jr. is just insane right now. Um, sorry. Like, I just got the alert that he hit another home run. So guy's insane right now. But yeah, like I get it. Foresight throughout his career has been better against lefties, but it's 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 scary. Um, like I would want Peterson to have some ownership if I was gonna do that.
1: No, that's a good point. Uh, Yeah. If, if he's not going to get any ownership, then you're not really getting a ton of leverage. So I I agree with that.
0: Mariners, Dodgers, Marco Gonzalez against Tony um, Gonsling. Um, Any interest here in Marco Gonzalez? Uh,
1: I don't think so. Uh, I mean, the the case you can make for Gonzalez is that he'll hold an advantage against, you know, Bellinger and Seager and Muncy. So he'll have that advantage over three other top hitters, but uh, you know, Gonzalez isn't something isn't a pitcher I typically use I, I, for DFS. I think he's a really good real life pitcher, but you know, he continues to post strikeout rates that are like under twenty percent year after year. So if there's someone that I'm going to chase, it's going to be someone more more strikeout upside.
0: I'm not playing a pitcher against the Dodgers all year, so like maybe like a top end like guy that could go out and dominate them, but not Marco Gonzalez with his seventeen percent K rate. Um, Gonzalez. Man, like, I was super high on Stripling on Monday, um, and the Mariners just pounded him. Um, I'm not usually a huge fan of this guy, but, like, I do think, like, w- we could make a case for him, but he's so expensive. Like, I hate the idea of paying 8700 for a guy that's probably not going to throw over 90 pitches.
1: Yeah, he only lasted four and two-thirds innings in his last start, uh, only reached 82 pitches, so he's probably not uh, extremely stretched out. And I agree with you. Like, I, I – um, you know, I played, um, a lot of Dodgers today and obviously Seattle went off. So that's, uh, not great, but I think there might be some recency bias too. I, I feel it the same way. Um, but I think, yeah, Gonsolin, like I, I'm interested a little bit in, in GPPs. Like he's had good minor league numbers. Uh, his strikeout rates were always like in the 26 to 27% in the minors. And it seems to have carried over a little bit, but yeah, the price tag, it's um, a little restrictive. So I, I agree with you. I probably won't be have a ton of exposure but it's really just a price play
0: yeah like i i can understand why somebody would take a shot on him um i I do but like as bad as like dylan sees has been this year like i see myself taking a shot on him before i take a shot on gonzalin um but like i'm not gonna stack the mariners here like you play a one-off of nola or seager or lewis or vogelbach if you want to but like i don't see myself stacking seattle
1: yeah, I I don't either. Again, they they did go off on Monday, so maybe there will be some some bias there. But I I think maybe Kyle Lewis is fine as a one off. Uh, he's hit right hander right hand right uh, handers well. Uh, all four of his homers have been against right handers, so that's uh, an option. But yeah, I don't think I would stack Seattle.
0: Um, on the other side, like the Dodgers, like we're gonna get. You know, obviously, Turner, Pollock, uh, Taylor being there, Kiki being there, Barnes being there, like, Will Smith is hurt, so, like, Barnes should catch. Like, we're going to get a lot of righties here. I I don't hate it because, like, you're looking at, like, the overall pricing for the Dodgers here, and a lot of these righties that are going to be in there, like, Pollock's 39, Kiki's 36, Taylor's 32. You worry about, like, the pinch hit risk, um, obviously, maybe Ruiz is catching and not Barnes here. Like it'd all be interested in, interesting to see what the lineup looks like here for the Dodgers, because a lot of these guys are cheap outside the big names.
1: Yeah. You know, Chris Taylor is only 3,200 on DraftKings, Kings. So he's another He's shortstop eligible too, so another option to go uh double studs. Um, the Dodgers do have a, the highest implied total uh, on the slate. So they will probably be popular. Um, I don't know, like I am usually not the type of person that like goes out and runs to stack the the most the, the team with the high supply total, just because typically you know ownership's gonna be there. Uh, and, and Gonzalez, again, he's not someone that generates a ton of hard contact. Uh, he doesn't walk anyone. Like he's never had a walk rate over seven percent outside of his, his rookie year. So he's not gonna get himself into trouble. Um I, I completely get the Dodger stack, but um I I don't know. Like if ownership is going to be concentrated on the Dodgers, I would rather just go elsewhere.
0: Uh, all right, moving on. We got the Phillies and the Red Sox, Zach Eflin against Zach Godley. Many uh, interest here in Eflin. Uh,
1: I, I don't, I think people may see his last game against the Orioles. He struck out 10 and uh, he was chalked that day. Cause I think there's like no other options. So there might be a little bit of a uh, recency bias there. Um, and, for me, you know, he he's still dealing with home run issues. He allowed two home runs in that game. Um, in his career, it's like he's got a one and a half home run uh, to nine ratio. So he's like he's, it's just scary think he's going to go into Fenway, and um, I, I think those home run issues will continue. And again, those ten strikeouts, it's like completely out of character for him. He's never had like a uh, a huge strikeout rate in his career. It's only like eighteen percent. So I think this is a pass for me.
0: Man, I know the Red Sox have been struggling this year, but I just I don't know if I could pull the trigger on Eflin here. Um, if for some reason the lineup's really right-handed heavy, maybe, but that'd be the only way. And like Zach Godley on the other side, like he's a guy that gives up home runs at such a high rate. Um, he he's put together you know some some decent starts over the years, but like I, I just I can't do it, man. Like he's been terrible here recently too.
1: Yeah, he's been like a completely Jekyll and Hyde pitcher this year. He's got like rotating good starts with bad starts, and coming off a, I think coming off a really bad start. And if you look at his season numbers, it's like 14 innings, 14 third innings, 23 hits, and five homers. Uh, so he's also been dealing with homer issues. So that's it's a pass for me on Godley as well.
0: So we've had like the Phillies have been like super cheap for a week, um, and now like they're super priced up here to face Zach Godley. I think that's going to kind of lower their ownership here. What are your thoughts on the Phillies?
1: Yeah, I do like the stack. I mean, if you get one of those godly implosions, uh, the Phillies are going to be fairly low-owned, I think, uh, even though they've got one of the higher implied totals on the the slate. Uh, But you're right. Like, the the salaries are kind of restrictive. And, you know, we've got Bryce Harper at uh, 5.5. Real Muto at 5.3. You know, McCutcheon's been struggling a lot. So, I I think if you do want to – target godly you just stack it up and uh just you know find the salary elsewhere but i would focus on you know hoskins harper real mudo and i would probably play jay bruce over mccutcheon which most people probably won't do but i I would rather just take the power of bruce and mccutcheon's been struggling a lot this year
0: uh yeah he's banged up right now though so make sure he's in the lineup um like it could easily easily be um garlic or quinn so um have to see what that lineup looks like and then on the Boston side of things, like, if Verdugo bats leadoff, he's interesting at 3,400. Like, you want to target these lefties against Eflin. Um, Big-time split um, differences here. So, you know, Verdugo, Devers, Moreland, you can always play JD or Xander. Um, like, if you're going to do, like, a five-man and get all these guys in there. But, you know, the lefties, like, Devers is 4,400. That's super interesting here.
1: Yep, I would focus on the lefties, like you said. Uh, Verdugo is probably a, uh, if he's batting leadoff again, um, probably a good option for uh, optimal uh, cash lineups. Um, but he's said 2700 on FanDuel as well, which is pretty affordable. Uh, and then, like you said, I, I like Devers uh, in GPPs regardless. Even if you want to just play a mini stack of Verdugo endeavors uh, on the top, I, I like that.
0: Moving on, we've got the Blue Jays and the Orioles. Nate Pearson against Wade LeBlanc. Um, any interest here in Pearson? I don't think so. He's been also dealing with walk
1: issues. He's got nine walks in his 12 and a third innings. So far, he hasn't looked incredibly sharp. And I know people like to pick on Baltimore, but uh, Baltimore's been quietly a uh, really good team in terms of making contact. Like They're only in the bottom third of the league so far in strikeout rate against right-handed pitching. Uh, and so I, I don't really want to pick on Baltimore as much as maybe we did last year.
0: Listen, this is the guy today for me. Like, this is my make or break this slate guy. Like, this isn't like a top 10 prospect in baseball, number one prospect for the Blue Jays. Like, this dude, he has so much potential. Great fastball, really good changeup, like, good slider. Like, he has pitches to both sides of the plate. I know Baltimore has been good this year. They've been better. Let's just say that. But, like, this is probably. You know, out he faced Miami and like he pitched terrible in that game. But like he's had some tough matchups to get started here. This is the spot. Like this is the spot that like he could go out and dominate a game. Um, I'm hoping it happens. Like he's the guy that I really love in this range. Cash games. I really feel like in cash games, it's not hard to fit in like two double barrel top end guys for what it's worth. But like in tournaments, um, I really like Pearson here. I could it work out? I, I think so. I think so in a big way. So I like him a lot. Um, On the other side, Wade LeBlanc couldn't strike me out, so I'm going to pass on him. Like, even though, like, the Blue Jays are one of the worst low-key teams in baseball against left-handed pitching since the start of last year.
1: Yeah, I think mean, LeBlanc is low strikeout lefty. He has home run issues. Just Yeah, I, there's no reason to play him.
0: Like, yeah, like, their numbers against lefties have been terrible um, since the start of last year. A little bit better this year overall, small sample, but um, – you know, only four home runs against left-handed pitching this season. Still better than the Cardinals with zero, but uh, obviously they haven't played as many games. So, um, let's talk bats here. Is there anybody standing out to you for the Blue Jays? Um, you know, I, I usually like
1: Danny Jansen against a lefty, but he's priced up now. And, you know, we also have Travis Darno, at least on DraftKings, uh, at a cheaper price. So, I I'm, we kind of lose that punt play that we've typically had in, in the past. Um, not a huge fan of the bottom third of their lineup. Uh, you know. So, yeah, as much as I want to pick on LeBlanc, it might be more of playing one-offs or uh, maybe more of the mini-stacking in the top of the lineup. And around Gridchick has been uh, seeing the ball really well. He'll get the platoon advantage, too. Um, he started off the season with, like, no extra base hits through 11 straight games. And then something seems to have clicked um, this weekend. So I-, I-, I do like him as maybe more of a one-off. And then, obviously, you can play um, – Bobaschette, if um, if needed, but I don't know if he's projected in the lineup. Um, but yeah, if if not, you know, Guriel, Oscar Hernandez can hit lieutenant uh, pitching. But yeah, I think for me, the the stack is probably less of a priority is instead of maybe just more one-offs.
0: Uh, yeah, Bobochet IL um, Hernandez is one of my favorite plays on the slate. Like he profiles amazing in this spot. Like I could definitely see playing him. As a one-off, Gary L has some really good stats against left-handed pitching. He's been super cold this season. So, if you want to trust, like, the pass, like, he's definitely someone you could look at um, if you want to play, like, the long game stats. But, like, Hernandez, I feel like he is in a phenomenal spot here. Um, I have way too much interest in the ba- in Pearson to, like, Baltimore here. Like, maybe a hedge stack, but uh, outside of that, like, I, I really like Pearson here
1: yeah no i think um that that's fair i think there'll be a pitcher uh in that cincinnati kansas city game that uh, we can talk about soon that i think will soak up a lot of the cheap pitcher ownership um so i don't expect baltimore to to have a lot of ownership either i trying to pick on pearson but um i think for me if i'm going anyone in baltimore it's anthony santander i mean he's uh, he's just on a hot streak right now. So if I, I don't mind the, the one-off, but yeah, uh, for the most part, I'm not going to stack up the Orioles.
0: Uh, moving on here, we got the Reds and the Royals, Luis Castillo against Brad Keller. Um, obviously like when we're looking at the top, like he is, you know, another name that's like in the, in the possibility is of like being an optimal pitcher here. Um just pitched against this team. Like, that. I feel like that's the biggest downside to playing him. What's your thoughts here on Castillo?
1: Yeah, he kind of falls behind the list for me in terms of uh, SP1. Like, I think I still rank Carrasco and Yu Darvish kind of neck and neck. And then, like, Luis Castillo is like a 1B like a one B type of option. Um, like, the, the matchup and the ballpark, it's all in his favor. I just, like you said, typically when pitchers see a team a second time around in and, and such a quick turnaround, like, it's not a good thing for him um i i can see like it's one of those gpp only type of plays, but i like in a cash lineup i don't think i would go castillo
0: yeah like I, I like the i like the upside overall but um obviously i feel like you know you're definitely hoping that like he pitches better than he did the last time against this team and like 100 dozers there too like that adds another bat that you kind of have to worry about but Overall, I think he's a good tournament play. Uh, Brad Keller, though, on the other side, like I'm not typically like scared of the Reds lineup, but like Brad Keller isn't someone that I'm going to be playing. Seventeen percent K rate uh, since the start of last season, almost a five X FIP. Like he's been able to limit power um, enough where, like, even if you don't play Keller here, you don't have to like stack against him. So like this is just kind of a stay spot for me.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I don't really want to stack against him either. Um, I think people are going to see the fantasy points that he's put up in his last two starts Um, uh, and probably consider him for an SP two. He's a no-go for me on FanDuel. I think he's the fifth highest price pitcher on FanDuel ahead of Dylan Seas against the Tigers and Tony Gonsolin against the Mariners. So I wouldn't play him on on FanDuel, but I could actually see him potentially getting some ownership as a cheap SP two at 6,700 on on DraftKings because he's averaging 23 DraftKings points in his last two games and i think that'll stand out when people are trying to punt
0: um yeah like i just i don't have any interest in bats in this game like this overall like this is a game like even on the red side like or like the reds they don't like you can play you can play castillo or suarez if you want to as one offs uh but like on the on the kansas city side like you know, Luis Castillo gets so many ground balls against righties. Like you know, the guys you want to typically play here, are Soler and Dozier. Like I, this is just a full like. If I play anybody at Luis Castillo in this game, outside of that, like this game's just a stay away from me.
1: Yeah, on the offensive side, like I'm, I'm not interested. I, I think against if this were in uh, in Cincinnati, you know, the the ballpark shift would probably uh, be in the hitter's favors. But yeah, in Kansas City, I just don't have interest. Maybe Nick Castellanos is a as a one-off, but I don't really want to pick on either pitcher.
0: Uh, Corbin Burns, Kenton Maeda, Brewers, Twins. Um, any interest here in Burns? Um, not not
1: really. I mean, he, he hasn't thrown more than 77 pitches in a game this season, so maybe we top, see him top 80, but uh, he'd have to be super efficient. So I'm not sure he's really stretched out um he's been good though like he's got 24 strikeouts through his first 16 innings and i I do think the strikeout upside is real like no one's going to play him against the twins but uh, i mean so for the most part probably i'm not going to play him just because he's not stretched out but i you know i think the strikeout strikeout upside is is actually real here
0: yeah seems seems to be a guy that you know if it was a better matchup that we could definitely trust but you look up and down this twins lineup and where's the weak spot really Um, you know, it's just a solid lineup up and down. And then like you go to the other side and you have a a really a lineup that is just really, really bad. Um, Kenta Maeda is a guy that like, I I like when he faces a bunch of righties, I feel like this lineup could limit his upside a little bit. um, But like, I do think he's a top option on the slate.
1: He is, Uh, you know, the the brewers have really struggled against right hand pitching this year. Uh, He's, the Brewers are third in in strikeout rate against right-handed pitchers, so I think there is upside for Maida. But again, it's it's he's 9700 and uh, on DraftKings and um, on FanDuel he is um, double check here. FanDuel he is 8800. So it's one of those things where like you could play Dylan Cease against the Tigers for cheaper, and you could argue that there's a little bit more strikeout upside in Cease's case. So. Uh just the, the nature of the slate, I don't think I can get to him. Um, but I, I don't think it's a bad spot if you you know wanna take some shots in GPPs.
0: Um yeah, I d I don't hate it. Um like I said, I'm kind of with you. I like C's too. Um like if, if you want to save like if you want to go in that like um range between like Castillo um and like Pearson and those guys. So uh let's talk uh, bats here. Anything for the brewers?
1: No, I I don't really. I want to pick on Maeda. Uh, I know, I mean, Yelich and and here are obviously in play, um, as GPP options, but I just, I don't see myself paying that price, those prices for them. Like if I'm going to pay 5,100 for uh, for an outfielder, I'd rather just get up to, uh, Juan Soto or something like that.
0: Yeah. I'm kind of with you on that one. Like I think Soto's, you know, if you're paying up like it's Soto or Betts, um, to go over 5k. Like I, I like Yelich. I feel like you can play Yelich any slate that you want, but it's probably not the slate for me. Uh, the twins, like, you know, Barnes has given up a lot of power, um, to lefties since the start of last season. You know, if we're looking at the small sample size for this year, like the strikeout rate stuff is great. Um, the ISO numbers are great. Um, but like overall, how, how much do you trust, you know, three or four starts over what we saw last year too. Um, I think you can stack the twins on any slate at this point.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Like the twins and the White Sox, they're the two teams that I think are stackable in any slate, regardless of the opposing pitcher and and matchup because their power upside is just so massive. Um, So if you want to stack the twins, like go for it. You'll get them at probably low ownership. Um, You know, we'll probably see ownership um, really congregate on like the Dodgers. um, That Braves and Nats game, I think will have a ton of ownership. So yeah, if, if the the twins come in at ten percent own, you know that's definitely interesting for me.
0: Listen, I I feel like any slate you can stack this team. The the power is just up and down. So, uh, Tigers and White Sox. Tarek Scoble against Dylan C's. Um, pretty sure this is going to be the debut, right, for Scalble. Um young kid. You know, organization. Uh top five prospect in the organization profiles to have a good fastball, but really needs to like work on his secondary stuff. Uh double A starter last season pitched really well in double A. Um, you know, 1.27 X FIP in 42 innings, um, 48% K rate with a 21 and percent swing and strike rate. Like the stuff looked super legit. It's double A. This is a whole nother level. Um, like that's super concerning, but like I, I've seen people play worse players um, at 6,600, but here's the problem, right? The problem is he's not going to throw more than 50 pitches. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I saw the numbers. I saw his, his track record. It's like super impressive. Uh, but then the news came out that they're probably going to limit him to 50 pitches because he's not stretched out. So at that point, like at, at 6,600 on DraftKings, I just I can't play him. Um, even though the, the White Sox you know, have had some strikeout issues, uh, it's just, he's just unplayable.
0: Yeah. yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm going to watch. I want to see what this stuff looks like. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, Dylan sees is another reason I'll be watching. I think he's super, super in play here again. Like I feel like in the short season, these got, these teams are seeing each other back to back a lot. Um, Like he just pitched against this team and it's always a downer for me, but um, he's been pitching really well um, despite like his opening start.
1: Yep, uh, faced them last uh, game allowed five runs, but only one was earned, was earned against him. And then he struck out five. And uh, you know this Tigers team leads the majors in strikeout rate right against right-handed pitching, so it's it's a uh, everything kind of lines up for him to to do well here. Um, the the price is a little bit higher than you know. I guess the the matchup is baked into his price is what I'm saying. But I think he's an option as you know as an SP two. I don't. I guess you could even play him as an SP one on Fanduel if you. If you really wanted to, I think it's a little risky just because C's isn't someone who has a ton of um, strikeout upside historically. Um, so, I, I think if you're playing on Fanduel, I would probably try and get up to, to Darvish or Carrasco. Um, but I think C's is definitely in the conversation as like if you want to go um, pairing him with with Darvish or um, or Carrasco, I kind of like that.
0: Like, the, the man, this lineup's so bad. You look at, like, Detroit up and down. Like, I'm not worried about any of these guys, like, Scope and Miggy. Like, they could hit the ball um, and, like, give you troubles. But, like, the best hitter in this team right now is Jacoby Jones, and, like, he's been hitting ninth. Like, they moved him up to leadoff spot and did nothing. Um, I think Dylan sees is someone we can look at here, and I have zero interest in the Detroit bats. Like, there's just – if they beat me, they beat me. They're just – their numbers are just so bad.
1: Yeah, you know, I've been playing some Detroit bats um, even in the past week just because they've been so cheap. Uh, and then I would just use them as salary savers. But they're, the prices actually aren't that cheap against C's. And so I, uh, I think I'd rather use a lot of the value that we've talked about before before I um, go to Detroit.
0: Um, the White Sox bats are a little interesting here. But, you know, we really don't know what to expect from this young kid. Um, you know, Anderson coming off a big game. Abreu um, Jimenez E5 like these guys have really good numbers against left-handed pitching um, it's a it's a great large field tournament stack like if you're playing large field tournaments it's a great large field tournament stack
1: yep uh, like I said the twins and the White Sox are the two teams that I'm like willing to stack every day um, we did see grandall leave early so I would think James, people, McCann. James McCann left left uh, lefty Asher uh, shout out to Derek Hardy but no I I think that it helps the stack really right? like it helps make the stack a little bit cheaper because grandel is just so expensive but yeah if you want to like stack up anderson and mccada um abreu or Encarnacion with uh, jimenez and mccann like it's it's just all power right-handers and again we don't know what to expect from a uh, from Scooble. like maybe he struggles um out of the gate and then we you know, we're gonna get the detroit bullpen for i don't know six innings maybe uh, maybe more like that that's appealing to me so uh, I do like the White Sox stack a lot here.
0: Yeah, like I said, there. I think they're definitely in play for large field tournaments. Um, you know, when you're looking at this stack overall, um, they they always have upside. Like and like, continue to be low owned like every single day.
1: Yep. Yep. Nope, agree with that.
0: Sure, the regular season is fun and all, but only one thing can compare to the excitement of the playoffs, and that is DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. Both basketball and hockey have entered their respective playoffs, and DraftKings is putting you in the center of the action. With millions in prizes throughout the week, there is no better place to make it rain. Start playing for free with your first deposit today. If you haven't tried it yet, daily fantasy sports are easy to play. Just draft your players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points based on off of your players' performance. There's no better way to put your sports knowledge to the test than to compete for millions of dollars in prizes throughout the week. But if Daily Fantasy isn't for you, DraftKings just launched Best Ball, contest for football season. If you aren't familiar with Best Ball, simply head to the app now and check it out. Download the DraftKings app, use promo code GRIND to play free with your first deposit today. Compete for millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week. That's promo code grind to get a shot at millions of dollars in prizes all week long, only at DraftKings. minimum $5 deposit required eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We finish it out here with the Cardinals and the Cubs Ponce de Leon against you Darvish. Um, you know, I I'm, I'm kind of iffy on Ponce de Leon. Uh, I feel like there is a little upside here, but I'm just worried. Like these guys sat around for so long. Um, he threw 85 pitches, but that was like, it seemed like almost three weeks ago. It's crazy. Yeah.
1: He, he, uh, he only lasted three, three and two thirds innings. Cause he uh, just, he wasn't efficient with his pitches. Uh, so I think there are, there is strikeout upside. Uh, I could see him maybe being used as a, uh, as an SP two in GPPs. Uh, Cause he's cheap enough if you wanted to kind of pay up for bats. Um, but yeah, there are maybe there are some concerns for me about whether or not he could be more efficient and and just go deeper into the games.
0: Um, yeah, like you know, you look at the other side, you got Yu Darvish. Um, I feel like he's gonna be pretty popular here. Like, you know, this is on paper a, a good spot for Darvish. You know, this team they can kind of go more left-handed. Like with Molina out and DeJong out, like they're gonna throw like Edmund and Carlson and weeders like they're gonna throw more lefties than usual but like so much strikeout upside for darvish at the bottom of this order um what's your thoughts on him
1: yeah i'm, I'm kind of torn Yeah, i'm kind of torn whether or not he deserves maybe that, that sp1 title um over carrasco because he's just been so impressive to start this season you know 30 percent strikeout rate his walk rate is only four percent which is like half his career average so his control is just amazing right now um I can see the argument, you know, if you feel more comfortable with Darvish and, and um, think he can continue his recent form, like uh, I wouldn't argue against it. Um, we, we also could see some Wrigley wind blowing in and that's something to monitor. Cause that's going to be also baked into uh, the Vegas implied totals. If you you know want to keep a, a tabs on weather edge. So again, yeah, if you, if you want to argue Darvish over Carrasco as your top, starter of the day like I wouldn't argue against that
0: yeah we're looking at 10 to 13 mile an hour winds blowing in from center field that's great pitching weather usually in um, Wrigley so I I think Darvish is obviously you know an option to consider at the top like I think that makes Ponce de Leon a little bit more interesting too Um, is there bats in this game like uh, there's not bats that I love in this game
1: no, you know, when I, was, when I was prepping for this, you know, I, I kind of wrote it off as well. Like, again, that Reds Royals game is very similar to how I'm treating this Cardinals Cubs game, where, like, I just don't have any interest in bats, especially if wind's blowing in. And I think both pitchers are, like, really, really good options. So I I don't. I don't have an interest in bats.
0: All right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts on this slate.
1: Yeah, I'm going a Corbin Burns.
0: All right. I like that one. I'm going to go Pearson. I feel like that's super obvious. I, I already talked about how much I like him in this spot. Um over 8k to go under 15 fantasy points. Who's your bust today? Um I'm going with
1: Austin Voth.
0: All right. Um that's who I was going to go with. Um listen, I'm not playing this guy uh, unless we get news. So I'm going to say Blake Snell, um unless we get news, like I'm just not playing him, so I'm going to pick him. Uh, give me a guy over 4K to hit a home run.
1: I'm going, uh, I'm going Trey Turner. a lead off Dong against uh, Josh Tomlin.
0: I like it. I'm going to go to the same game, and I'm going to pay all the way up today and go one Soto. There's a ton of value out there. I was going to take Hernandez from Toronto, but, like, both of those guys, they both hit home runs. There's a double for you today. Uh, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits.
1: All right. I, um, I like Alex Verdugo against Zach Eflin. Probably going to lead off.
0: Took my guy. I did not expect you to take my guy there. It's okay. I have a backup guy. I'm going to take Kiki against Marco Gonzalez. Um, like the spot for him. Give me a stack uh, to finish this out here. Six or more <laughs> runs.
1: Uh, I I like the Nets. Um, I like Trey Turner. I like I like your Soto pick. I, I think they can get to Tomlin and the Braves. Like you said, there's going to be uh, some uh, some heat in that game. So I like the the Nets.
0: Yeah, I like that game. The more I the more I like. The more we were going through and going through and going through, like that's a game that like really stood out to me. Um, man, it's really hard not to like the Phillies in this spot. I know they're expensive, but uh, I'm gonna go with the Phillies. Um, it's a good spot for them. So, all right, Alan, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: No, I think um, you know, just again taking a look at the slate, uh, you you'll want to decide who you feel comfortable with your SP one. I I think I think there are several options. Um, I think you'll want to decide whether or not you want to go double studs on two pitcher sites, or if you want to trust, you know, someone like a Pearson, someone like a Keller. Like when we went through it, like there's, there wasn't, I don't think a, a, a clear SP two that we felt comfortable with. Um, so I think those are really the the dynamics of the slate, but it, the value is there for the on the hitting side if you want to to pay up.
0: I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity to be different at pitcher today. You know, they're like Carrasco, Darvish, Maeda, Castillo, like all these top end guys, like all have 30 plus point upside on the slate. Um, And then like you have Gonzalez, you have Seas, you have Pearson, you know, Ponce de Leon, like there's plenty of options today at pitcher. So I feel like this could be one of those days. We see a little bit lower ownership on pitchers throughout. So uh, definitely look at that. Um, But that's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. Hope everyone enjoyed. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.